Welcome back to another King of Sports podcast. Today we have a super special guest on. We have Jack Settlement. He is the founder and creator of the number one sports Snapchat show with over 1 million subscribers and totaling 500 million views per year. Brand partnerships with Underdog Fantasy, Tick Picks, Under Armour, the list goes on. We talk a lot of sports, we talk some business. Super fun episode. I hope y'all enjoy. Let's go. So, first of all, I'd like to say we appreciate you coming on. We've been fans of what y'all, what you've been doing for a really long time. Um, so it's awesome to have you on. Um, my first question would be, um, when did you realize that this was going to like be an actual business for you outside of it just being fun, you know? So I always knew I wanted to do my own thing in sports and business, but I took some jobs so that I could kind of develop this, you know, without being able to pay rent and, and being able to afford food and stuff. I would say the first, I kind of always knew this could be a business. I just didn't know when. The moment that I kind of decided, okay, it's time to go and do this full time was when ESPN was like, we want to have you on our Snapchat show. And House of Highlights was like, we want to have you play Knockout for $100,000. And I was like, okay, I would love to, but I'm working for Whistle Sports, which is another media company. And the problem with sports media companies is they're competitive with each other, or at least they think they are. So if you're working for Whistle, you can't work with ESPN. You can't. And I just think that's a backward strategy. Like we work with Bleacher, we work with the game day, we work with all these other companies. So uh, they just were kind of prohibitive in that fact. But that's what I was like, all right, it's time to make this leap of faith. And it was obviously the right decision. Yeah, I'd say since then, you've started so many several things um i mean you have your own food now you have an own, your own agency would you want to speak on like what are your like big picture goals for those because you have so much stuff that's going on now like do you have what are your main goals for that yeah i think some people who meet me they're like he's very aspirational and he's got a lot going on and and truthfully i think nfts and crypto and all the money that was being made over there maybe clouded a little bit of my attention and time and I think it's it's nice to remember that the only reason Snapback exists is because for 12 months, 18 months, really, it was all one platform. It was the only thing that I was dedicated to. Nowadays, we've got three partners, Underdog, SeatGeek, NFL All Day. We've got Snapback Kitchen. We're doing a season ticket giveaway. We've got you know promos on Underdog. There's so much going on that you just can't really give your full attention to. That's the benefit into hiring and building out a team and stuff. So I would say... Big term, uh, big long term goals is to just really continue to build this, get Snapback's name everywhere we can, but build meaningful things. I think that's what, you know, the original Snap account and then the pod did was like it made fans and you want to build those fans. Yeah, you definitely got us. Um, <laughs> so I want to say, um, again, we, so appreciate you having on having uh coming on um first thing bama texas how confident are you or not confident i mean how confident could you be i know you guys watch my stuff and obviously i 
I am a strong believer in the teams. I'll give you the, I'll give you both sides of the pitch. One freshman or redshirt sophomore quarterback who hasn't played live football in two years with a team, not as talented as Alabama, three touchdown underdogs at home, probably you're going to get smoked. Like realistically that is, I mean, that's just what the numbers say. That's what Vegas says. On the other side of it, Sark was a coach at Alabama. Now Saban does own his former coaches, but Sark was a coach at Alabama. Maybe he knows a little bit of their jazz. You do have the most talented quarterback in the game. I genuinely believe Quinn is the most talented. Doesn't mean he's the best on Saturday. Um, You've got the skill positions. Everyone says this is the best Bama team ever. I don't know if I'm buying that. Last season, they played a lot of really close games. They weren't that good. They got smoked by Georgia. Their wide receiver core is the worst it's been. I don't know if I'm fully a Bryce Young believer. Uh, Texas played LSU in 2019. That's the best college team I've ever seen. Lost by a touchdown. Should have actually beaten them if you go and watch what happened early in that game. First road non-conference game since 2011 for Nick Saban. 2011 hasn't played on the road in September in a non-conference game. It's going to be 95 degrees. And these kids are like 18 years old. So there's a lot of variance, you know, in this, as opposed to pro, if the talent disparity was this high, you know, it's just going to be an absolute demolition. So there's, there's ways, there's crazier things that could happen. That's true. Um, so I wanted to play a little game. So take a, ba- a page out of your book and cuties or contenders for a couple of NFL teams that are, okay. So I'll give you five teams and tell me why you think they're cuties or contenders. So the first team I'll have is the 49ers, cuties or contenders? Contenders. Great roster, great coaching, same team that was in a similar spot. You know, they were a play away from the Super Bowl last year and they were play away from winning the Super Bowl just a couple of years ago when healthy. Trey Lance, not great things coming out of camp. Uber talented, they traded up for him and Jimmy's a great game manager, so it's a very different role. But, like, what if Lance is good? If, if I told you Lance is better than Jimmy G, I think everyone would be like, all right, they're clear-cut contenders. So I'll go contender. Are you expecting a uh, kind of a breakout season for Ayuk? I, you know, his camp hype has been unreal. Actually, some of the biggest of all the players in training camp. I don't think I'm expecting the, the leap that everyone else is because they paid Debo the money. Kittle's a better player and Lance's style isn't going to fulfill three pass catchers to the full, right? So he might have his flashes and look fantastic, but like from a fantasy perspective, I'm not obsessed with Ayuk this year, but as a player, like he, he's really good player. All right. Next key to your contender Broncos. Contender. I, if you guys have been following for as long as you say you have, you know, <laughs> I've, rip the Seahawks every year, but it has nothing to do with Russell Wilson. It's the fact that Pete Carroll is the most conservative running heavy coach. Their roster has been terrible. I don't truly know how good this Denver roster is. And you know, they're, they're in the toughest division. Russ is being looked down upon because he didn't have a great year last year. He was playing with like half of a hand and he was still putting up numbers. So I think like that could be a really good team and you add Russell Wilson to it. I, I think they're real contenders. Colts cute Matt Ryan's a loser he's just he's just a loser like he's a loser 
And I think maybe a little biased to that because he's in Joe Flacco's draft class and everyone always gave Matt Ryan all the love. And there were times when Matt Ryan was, was fantastic. I don't see how this is any different than the last two years for the Colts, like the Philip Rivers stuff. And then obviously Wentz last year, you guys know, I love nothing more than betting the Atlanta Falcons plus three at home against a way significant more. So I've watched more Falcons football than I should have over the last few years. Matt Ryan stinks. I don't get the hype behind him. Um, so I'm going to call them cuties. And we're Panthers fans. So we, we go to Clemson and we, uh, or from Columbia, South Carolina. So that's kind of our only professional team. And we grew up hating the Falcons. So we're <laughs> definitely not believers in the Colts. Okay. Good. Saints. Saints. Everyone loves the Saints. I'm not a, I'm not a big Saints fan this year. I like Jameis. I think it will be fun. The roster is okay. People don't understand that the roster has been much better in years past. So it's still good. The division has spots, but I don't know. Brady just will probably run through the division. And are you trusting Jameis to win three games on the road in January? <laughs> like, no shot. So I'll call him cuties. Ravens. Had to ask. <laughs> People always get mad when I feel like I make a rational take. They're the division favorites. They've got the highest variance at the quarterback position. Lamar Jackson, we've seen him be the best QB in the league. We've seen him, you know, falter out in the playoffs. There's no doubt that the talent is there on the roster. The coaching is there. All three phases of the game is there. They're contenders. And the playoff stuff, you know, it is what it is at this point. If you look at the numbers, year one, Chargers playoff game, terrible. Year two, he throws for 500 yards or has 500 yards total against the Titans, seven drops in the game. People like to pin it on Lamar. Year three in the playoffs, he was actually terrible against Tennessee but he runs for a 60 yard touchdown in the game they win. And then, you know, game four, they lose to the bills. He throws the pick six, the play before that, if JK Dobbins makes a block, the game's tied 10, 10 and Josh Allen was terrible in that game. It's so early in his career. They have never given him a weapon. Hopefully Bateman develops. Obviously the Ravens are contenders. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think Bateman is going to develop for sure, but us, being from Clemson, we kind of don't like Lamar because of that Heisman. We still beat you him. You know in college, how though. good he is. Yeah, we you did. Him, you did. It was a great game. But I think like the trolls who you guys have obviously seen, who say Lamar's a running back, he's a loser, all that stuff. Every single person would love Lamar Jackson as their quarterback because he's just so special. But he's better than he's Baker. Easy to him. Yeah, he's definitely better than Baker. I'll take you him. like. Do you like Jack's version of Lamar, or do you would you like him a little skinnier? I he's huge. Yeah, he's he's beefed up. I'm excited to see. I don't know. He didn't play in the preseason. I think it's going to help with his pass game. He's right. so elusive already that I can't imagine it's going to. He's actually slowed down. Like it feels like he's gotten a little slower since 2019. So yeah, you just want to protect him. Um, We'll see, but like it's cool that he's he's fucking yoked now. He's massive. All right, so that does it for that segment. The next one we're gonna do is who'd you rather? And we're gonna it's gonna be quarterback. So I'm gonna list you two quarterbacks and you'll tell me who you want. And just this is just for winning, not for fantasy or stats. If you 
want to take your team to the Super Bowl, who would you rather have out of quarterbacks? Okay, I get one question back. Is it in a vacuum, meaning like put him in the same exact offense, or is it like the situation they're in? Like if you said Herbert or Mahomes, am I factoring in Mike Williams and Keenan versus, you know, Sky Moore and MVS? Vacuum. Yeah, I'd say okay. yeah, vacuum. Just in a vacuum. Okay. Yep. So my first one is Herbert or Burrow? Herbert. So you think that the – so I guess the Chargers roster changed a lot since last season, but the fact that Burrow brought that Bengals team to the Super Bowl doesn't do – you know? Joe, so Burrow was <laughs> Joe Burrow was terrible in the playoffs. Terrible. That's what most people don't understand. The, I was at the game, obviously, at the Super Bowl, which was very, very fun. They should have won by two touchdowns. Burrow was awful. Obviously, the O-line had a lot to do with that. But it, it's also actually a lot on him. He holds the ball more than most quarterbacks. Um, Herbert, you know, going forward, he's just uber talented. Yeah, he's insane. Uh, Mahomes or Allen? Mahomes. It, Mahomes. Don't ask any more Mahomes. In a vacuum, Pat Mahomes the best quarterback in football. I agree. So I guess we might know the answer to this one now, but it's Matt Ryan or Kirk Cousins. <laughs> it's got to oh. be Kirk Cousins. Yeah, right now it's got to be Kirk Cousins. Is he a Vikings fan? No, no I he just I, loves I, Kirk Cousins I, for I no fucking reason. Because he's a t- – I mean, you heard it from the man. I mean, I think – I would say he's a top 10 quarterback. Whoa, what? whoa, whoa, whoa. Give him, like, you like, he, he's no. the definition of mid. All right, let's go through 10. No. You got you got Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Lamar, Burrow. Uh, I would say Russell's better than him. I would say hmm, – who am I missing? A lot of people say Kyler. Kyler, mm-hmm. Brady, whoa, whoa, whoa. Stafford, Rodgers. Stafford, yeah, okay, that's it. Yeah, okay, but I don't think Kyler <clears> – <throat> What? Right, that's fine. Okay, I would we say, can sub in Dak say, for Kyler. Yeah, Dak is just okay. – all right, all right, all right. Just move it back five could, spots. You could make an argument Kirk's better than Dak. You could. It's It wouldn't be fun, but you could. Kirk Cousins – I mean, you guys have seen the, like, mystery he's, he's QB 12. reveal, right, of, of Allen and Cousins. Now, Allen does a lot more on the ground, but Kirk Cousins was fantastic last season, and he gets an even better offensive coach this year. So we'll see. The Kirk Cousins hype train Y'all all the way up to I'm, like I'm the number conductor. 10. <laughs> I just think that the weapons he has, he's, I, I like Thielen. I like obviously JJ. He, I, obviously, Dalvin Cook. Like, I think that if you put most quarterbacks where he's at, I mean, he lined up under the wrong guy last year. You put Trevor Lawrence on that team, they're going to the Super Bowl. Okay, but also, it's not all his fault because Dalvin Cook could step on a Lego and die. (laughs) I just, you just wait. I'm just calling. I have a feeling. All right. What are your thoughts on Lamar not being paid yet? It's very interesting. So I'll give you a little bit of context on the whole situation. So the way it's been reported on, right, has been in a very negative light. Every mainstream media, it's about how he needs to hire an agent. The risk is too much. He's asking for too much. It has nothing to do with, like, the Ravens don't want to pay him or, like, it's just reported on. And what we learned is because 
insiders like Adam Schefter and all these media companies, if they don't have a relationship with the agent, they don't have the information. So Lamar not having an agent, they're trying to frame it that he's costing himself a ton of money. There's pl- Look at Aaron Judge. No one's talking about Aaron Judge this way. Now, there's different risks. Lamar is a mobile quarterback. And he just got hurt last year. And it's like, just take the $250 million. It'll change your life and generations uh, after it. But what if Lamar does go and prove himself? Like, he could be caught. If he goes and wins a Super Bowl this year, he'll be the highest paid player in NFL history. Like, he might trump the Mahomes money, uh, which is insane to say. And everyone's going to be like, no way. But what it would take for him to win a Super Bowl, it would show that he's an incredible passer and player. So I think it's a little mysterious why he hasn't been paid but he's also a weird dude like i don't know if you guys know this from watching him but he is obsessed with football and winning like so much so that a quote came out that he said i don't feel like i deserve the money until i win something here which is the dumbest thing in the world like take your money don't worry about that right but i genuinely believe he believes that so i think there's a little bit of like he's just a crazy you know you got to be a little crazy in the head to be that good of a player and i think that that's just who he is like michael i think exactly so specifically with the mahomes contract do you want like obviously i know you love lamar but do you want the 10 year on this style quarterback it's it's a tough question no it's tough because there's there's a lot of data that would say the mobile quarterback that Lamar Jackson is, is actually less injury prone than the the pocket passer. Like quarterbacks get hurt in the pocket more than they get hurt outside of it. The quarterbacks you start to think of are RG3, right? Freak accidents, right? With him tearing up his knee on some shitty turf, which there's shitty turf in the NFL. But really it's Cam Newton, right? A player who took his team to the Super Bowl, was at the height, but they used him as a wrecking ball. Lamar Jackson doesn't... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lamar Jackson doesn't get hit. And I think that's what the differentiator. And no one had a problem with signing Josh Allen to a crazy deal. This man hurdles, he truck sticks, he runs just as much as Lamar Jackson. No one had a problem with Kyler Murray getting paid that much. It seems to only be with Lamar Jackson, which people just like to hate on Lamar. So I would give him whatever he wants because I really think he is a special, special player. And ask around the rest of the NFL what it takes to find a true franchise quarterback on the flip. Now the Ravens are probably doing smart business. They're protecting themselves. A 10 year fully guaranteed contract is a bad act of business. We did it with Joe Flacco and a much shorter deal. And even that was bad. So I would say the Ravens probably a little gun shy, but I would, I would give him whatever he wants. Yeah. For me, it wasn't even injuries that would scare me off just over time. After 10 years, he's going to, lose that agility and elusiveness i mean you see what's happened to russell and he's still fine so maybe i mean i would give him the money he's yeah he's amazing so we our big thing is we love the nba like we love 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 basketball we played like we played in high school all that stuff knicks did the Cavs? okay i've heard this take did the Cavs? did they actually save the knicks from from i mean that offer was absurd who actually knows what the Knicks offered? Like, I'm tired of Adrian Wojnarowski being a mouthpiece for Danny Ainge's butthole. And so I don't know what the Knicks actually offered in the deal. Yes, if the Knicks offered R.J. Barrett, 
Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin, four first round picks unprotected, then yes, the Cavaliers saved the Knicks. If the Knicks offered that and Danny Ainge accepted Colin Sexton and some picks, then Danny Ainge should be fired today. So that's why I don't necessarily buy all the reports that are coming out. Um, but I am sad that the Knicks didn't end up with Mitchell. So am I. But I, how, I think how as basketball fans, really you have been. to be sad. How good would the Knicks have been? I really don't think they would have been that good. No, they think... wouldn't have been that. But all right, this is this is why the move out of all the moves. Relevancy. It's the well, first of all, the Knicks team the playoffs is not being relevant. But yeah, they're the, they're such a classic team, it doesn't matter. The Knicks will be always more relevant than the Grizzlies, than the Hornets, hey, than any on, jersey or hey. player team that I've seen on this podcast, regardless of where they finish. I see it. I see it. Um <laughs> It mattered for this reason, because one, what we've learned with the Nets, what we've learned with the Suns, the Celtics, is you and, and the Grizzlies, is you want to get to a spot where you become a piece away. Because then when KD is being traded, you become a destination, right? The Knicks would never trade for Durant because it, it just doesn't accomplish anything. Do the Knicks become a piece away with Mitchell? Not necessarily, but Mitchell and Brunson, if Barrett develops into what he was drafted to be, then maybe you do become a piece or two away and your players get better and you just never know. Well, on top of that, this is the first star in the past 10, 15 years since Mello really, that actually wanted to play in the garden and be the star of New York. It's very rare. What that means is it's great for the Knicks, but recruiting wise. So you're convincing people it's cool to come play for the Knicks. The Knicks are good. The Knicks are relevant. So missing on him, it also protects against the downside of like, if not Mitchell, then seriously, who? Like we had by far the best offer. The kid wanted to play there. He's from New York. His dad is a is a hitting coach for the Mets in New York. Like if not Mitchell, who are they ever going to get in free agency or in a trade? So that's why it's like a little, a little sad. Zion. Zion is going to go. That's my, like, I've been saying that since he went to Duke. I think he, I, he wants to play there so bad. He wants to play with RJ. But I really thought it was Mitchell. Like, like everything was there. You couldn't miss on Mitchell. They finally had the players to trade. They finally had the picks. So I don't know. We'll see. Speaking of Mitchell, we were really big on Mobley. We love the Cavs roster prior to this trade. You mean Tim Duncan? Basically. <laughs> Is this the final piece for the Cavs? If not, how much more do they need? This development. They're, I, I said it right when the trade happens. They're contenders, not cuties. Like, I genuinely believe that. Most people don't realize they'll have four. Allen probably won't be an all-star. Maybe Garland, like, isn't an all-star just because he's in Cleveland and no one cares about Cleveland. But they have four all-star caliber players. And they fit beautifully together. Like Garland and Spider, I don't think could guard the four of us on the court, but put Mobley and Okoro and Jared Allen behind them and, and who really cares? So I think it's a really good team fit. They're like the Cleveland Cavaliers though. And if we know anything about Cleveland, unless LeBron James is walking through the door, stuff probably won't pan out the way it should. So they won't win the championship this year, but I, I see them as a really, really strong team this year. I agree. Um, I'm waiting on LeBron to walk back in the door. <laughs> I think he's waiting too. 
Do you think that LeBron's actually going to get to play with both of his kids? I think Bronny is realistically a possibility. No, Bronny's not even that good. But he's he's going to get drafted second round. If not, he'll get, it'll be a Sharif O'Neal thing where he'll get picked up and play some summer league stuff. I can see that. But Bryce is like, I mean, he just hit puberty. Like, LeBron's going to be 50. Yeah, but Bryce is 6'4 now out of, out of nowhere. So who knows? Do I actually think LeBron will play with both his sons? Honestly, yes. Like, that might sound insane. And I probably thought it was all spew a couple years ago with the Bronny stuff. But, like, LeBron's not slowing down. The amount of, like, just healthcare and body tech and all this stuff. Like, LeBron could be a role player or, or be on an NBA roster at 45 years old. I don't know how good he would be. But, like... Udonis Haslam claimed a roster spot this season for the Miami Heat. If you don't think LeBron James, I mean, how old's Bryce? Is he 14, 15, 15? He might be 15. So if in five years, I don't think he's the odds on favorite to play with both his sons, but it wouldn't shock me. It would not shock me. I just don't know that, first of all, Udonis Haslam should just be a coach. At this point, but I don't know that LeBron's the type of guy mm-hmm. to take any sort of backseat. Um, like I think that realistically he would do it, but who Jordan never took a backseat. Yeah, that's that's what that's he's... All I gotta say. LeBron, I, I hear what you're saying, but it wouldn't be a backseat to LeBron because every single conversation on the internet would be about LeBron James. So even if he was averaging four points per game, it would all be about the three James jerseys on the Detroit Pistons, right? So he'd be taking a backseat in a different, and if you pay attention, like since the move to LA, he's all about himself in like his personal brand, right? So everything he does is a calculated move to increase his ability to run for president or start a business or whatever his goals and, and opportunities are. So even if it's just like not a NBA play and, and LeBron's legacy is now so tapped out that like anything after no one talks about the wizards Jordan years, really. I mean, besides MJ haters and LeBron stand. So I, I don't think he'd be too concerned about that. Um, so should we do the uh, the old? Oh yeah. So what we do basically every every podcast is we have a. So he normally has a hot take. I'll say something dumb or stupid that I did that week, and McLean will say an interesting fact. So that's normally what we do to wrap up the pod. Um, so you should probably just think of a hot take because that's pretty. Unless easy. you do something stupid. Yeah. Stupid this week. All right. Well, I haven't bet on texas to beat alabama so i haven't done my stupid thing of the week so i'll come up with a hot take for you guys you guys start though mcclain do you have your fact i actually can you can you're gonna do the stupid thing this week why me because you hit my car he was we have a driveway at my apartment and there was a car on either side of it and he was in his truck and i was i was helping him get through i was like you got some room but i was i was dad's gonna be I assume that he. I assume that he saw that there was my my car was there. Anyways, he didn't, and he plowed into the side of my car, and that was dumb. And that was your dumb thing of the week. So. Is not is like like maybe not even like six inches of a scratch. So anyways, that was his dumb thing of the week. So I'll take yours and I'll make a hot take. My hot take is that 
my hot take is that Clemson is going to make it to the national championship, but we won't win. In what sport? Football. <laughs> In what the year? only sport we can. We just wait, Cade. I don't know if you watched the last drive of the. Oh, Clemson game. you're now. I did because I had Clemson minus twenty four. So hey, God bless the Clemson Tigers. But you're telling me he's going to be the starting quarterback this year? Seeing DJ, I mean, obviously oh, no, DJ hasn't famous, improved but... much. No, he hasn't. But what makes you think they're going to just start Cade before it's too late? Like he, Dabo would have to make the move now, and they're not going to do that. It'll be like week four, is my guess, right. is when Cade will start. Which would be after a loss, presumably. Or you think <clears throat> no, 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 to win, that... but like slim. Yes, I think uh, until we start Cade, it's going to be a lot of what was last year, and I think that DJ just needs some confidence in him. And he's, I mean, he turned over the ball still. He just, he really needs some confidence and that's what he's lacking. But I think if you watch that last drive, how fluid the offense was, it was not like that besides that one drive. I think that it's going to be a Tua Jalen Hurd situation. We get in like the quarterfinal game down to like Ohio State, second half K comes in and just buses on them. I hope so. McLean, fact. So my fun fact of the week, a little bit personal. The reason that the Ravens have their name is from overwhelming popularity off of a telephone pole. I guess they were trying to choose the name and everybody were like, we want the Ravens. And now they don't even have a mascot because he tore his ACL. <laughs> so fun, fun fact, the Ravens are named after Edgar Allan Poe, which is a poet and Poe tore his ACL. I'm literally ACL. reading him right now. Yeah. Uh, tore his ACL. Terrible, the Ravens used terrible to have... Author. Used to have three mascots, but uh, cut down to one. And now with the ACL, I I need a tryout. Like, how is no one getting me a tryout for Poe? It's insane. All right. My hot take, which you guys will like, and it's coming out on here to argue tomorrow on Snap, is I have the Vikings playing in the Super Bowl this year. Kirk Cousins. What? It's a hot take. It's, it's a, a hot, take. hot take. That's about as cold as you can get. <laughs> the NFC is very wide open, in my opinion. Brady, uh, where will his head be at when the news drops about him and his relationship? Um, the the, the NFC is just not that good. And the Rams just will probably have a Super Bowl hangover. And I think they're the best team in the NFC. The Eagles hype, I don't quite buy into Jalen Hurts. And the Packers, Rodgers, you know, he's doing shrooms somewhere. So... I like Kirk Cousins to swoop in and, and take him to the Super Bowl. Yep. That's a steaming hot take. But um, <laughs> we really appreciate you coming on. I know you've got to run. It's not, almost 9 o'clock. But we really, really appreciated this. Uh, it was a, We had a great time. So I appreciate you guys. Good luck to your Clemson Tigers. My, my second hot take is that Texas finishes above them in the AP 25 at the All end right. of the year. If that happens and you have to come back on. <laughs> If Texas does do it or does no, if Texas if they doesn't don't. do it, okay. What if they do? Mm, then we'll then... we'll come on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> smart man, smart man. All yeah. right, fellas. Well, that, then we have a deal. We have a deal after the season. Awesome. All right, All right we really appreciate it. Appreciate you guys.